often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 538. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, recording again once inside the Slapbox Penthouse. Living the dream up in here. My cat, Agent Mulder, staring at me the whole way. Oh, he's not staring anymore. He lost interest as soon as I started recording. <laughs> he's like, yeah, whatever. He's doing that thing again. He's learned. He's learned. It's an intelligent one, that one. Yeah, so uh, 538, and uh, we're getting closer to Christmas. It tis that time of year, and uh, I've just <laughs> I was just watching uh, some Netflix, some Netflix uh, before recording, and uh, I had thought, you know, you know, the bills have been tough since I got the old penthouse. It's not cheap having a mortgage and all, as I'm sure a lot of people are aware of. <laughs> That's not a deep, deep foreign concept for most people that, you know, having a mortgage is kind of a pain, kind of difficult. You know, you got to keep paying that thing. Otherwise, the, the bank will come and, and take the shit. Anyway, <laughs> my point is I was watching the show on Netflix, Worst Roommate Ever, uh, because, you know, I can – I had the thought, you know, before of you know possibly getting a roommate – to uh, lessen some of my bills. Uh, but, you know, I never wanted to really pull the trigger on that one because uh, after living with people for over a decade, which, I, you know, I loved the old roommates there. Uh, and, uh, but uh, it worked out. I knew the, uh, the, uh, the way before I moved in there. So, you know, I knew, I knew what I was getting myself into when I moved in there. <laughs> These weren't like strangers, even though, you know, a lot of times when you get, you know, live with somebody, even though you know them, uh, it doesn't always turn out well. It's it's tough to find a good roommate. That being said, you know, if you get a good one, it can really help out, you know, paying paying the bills as you, you know, you charge them some rent and stuff and they help out paying whatever bills. It could uh, really help you out. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I have uh, not wanted to do that. As uh, I've liked living by myself, and now I got the the cat to keep me company. Um, however, uh, <clears throat> I, it wouldn't be as bad maybe if I had a, a I have a bath, one bath and a room and a half. I don't have a full second bathroom. The other bathroom just has the toilet and a sink, where there's only the one shower. Um, <clears throat> you know, I feel like it would be easier if I had two bathrooms, one with you know a shower and stuff, and where. There was a little bit more privacy with that. I, I don't like having to share a shower with somebody. <clears throat> That's a little bit different. Although, I mean, I did at the, the last place, too. It wasn't a big ordeal. Um, I don't know. I uh, <clears throat> guess it wouldn't be that big. But, again, it depends on the fucking roommate, you know? Depends on the roommate. And uh, really, it had to be so... I If I ended up with a slob. And you don't really know that about somebody unless you've, you know, been to a place that they live or, you know, you've lived with them. It's uh it's a, a tough thing. But anyway, the show on Netflix is worst roommate ever. And uh it's definitely sold me on the idea of like, no, yeah, you know what? I don't need I don't need a roommate. I'll do whatever I have to 
to do to make sure that I get my mortgage paid that doesn't involve getting a roommate. And it's a difficult thing. Even if you get, you know, a solid roommate, you know, tie, you know, they could end up through a tough patch or something, lose a job, whatever, what have you, and not be able to help you out in the bills. And if you get used to, you know, having that money there and then all of a sudden it's just gone or that person, you know, could get in a relationship, whatever, end up moving out for whatever reason. And then all of a sudden you're back to uh, being screwed. Uh, but the worst roommate ever just really, <laughs> it's a, it's an entertaining show. It's a docu-series on Netflix. And uh, oh, you watch the, if, if you're thinking about getting a roommate, maybe give it a, give it a, <laughs> give it a once over. <laughs> At least to give you an idea of like maybe check for these red flags when uh, putting up a Craigslist ad or or whatnot, or maybe when you're doing an interview with with somebody that uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I personally wouldn't if I'm going to get a roommate. I'd prefer it be somebody I've known for a long time. I don't like the idea of just a complete rando rando, some stranger on Craigslist. That just sounds sketchy to begin with. But, uh, yeah, the roommates, uh, and I've known people that have had shitty roommates. Uh, Muffin Man has had, uh, some, some odd ones, shall we say, and some difficult ones. He's had several roommates through the years over there and, uh, who we've had a couple of them on the podcast (laughs) back in the day. One in particular one, which I don't, I guess I don't need to roll through names, but one that might've lied about everything that could claimed that, uh, he, uh, I'll let you go back through the catalog to figure out which one I'm talking about, but uh, lied about like nonstop. But it was kind of funny the stuff he would lie about. You know, shit. He, you know, he would make up stories about his life that were just completely insane. Like uh, that uh, <laughs> he was in the service, which I believe I don't know if he ever fully con if he ever gave us real proof the fact that he was in the service. He claimed he was in special forces, if I recall correctly um which i think he was in the service i don't know if it was special forces or not but uh he had claimed that uh he was one of only a few individuals that knew this specific river in pakistan and i guess in abadabad where uh bin laden was taken out and that uh they Flew, I think it was. I think he said it was a Black Hawk helicopter <laughs> into Union, Missouri, to to get him because they wanted him to be a part of SEAL Team Six, I guess, that was going in to take down Bin Laden. I'm pretty sure he told this on the podcast. So I'd have to go back, but man, it's a doozy of a story that the military, you know, the, you know, they did. It was like he must have just watched the. Navy SEALs movie, the one with, uh, was it Charlie Sheen, I think, back in the day? Back in the uh, late 80s, maybe early? I want to say it was late 80s. Uh, Classic, cheesy movie. I want to say Charlie's in that. Anyway, (laughs) he claimed that he's just like, for whatever reason, he's walking along a highway, if I remember correctly. (laughs) And the government, I guess, knows where he's at at all times. It's, It's right out of some fucking spy movie or some shit. Like they, <laughs> a Black Hawk helicopter. <laughs> Maybe he just said a helicopter. He may not have specified Black Hawk, but I feel like he might have specified a Black Hawk helicopter. Anyway, a helicopter in general that 
of course, the easiest way to get a hold of someone is to send out a fucking helicopter to pick them up randomly on a highway in Union, Missouri. I can't imagine there's a lot of military helicopters that are ready to go. (laughs) Union, Missouri. Which, I mean, there are places that have military equipment around here, but, uh, you know, I don't... (laughs) The the whole... Fueling for a a helicopter is is not cheap. And I don't know where this base would be. (laughs) Like, I mean, the whole concept is pretty absurd. Pretty absurd. When, you know, military people... I I might myself have never been part of the military, but I've had many friends that you know did did service and all and uh <laughs> i don't believe of course you know they weren't special forces the ones that i'm i'm thinking of in my head so maybe that's a different different ballpark you know um <laughs> but uh maybe they put tracking devices inside all special forces units like once you're even once you're out you just keep that tracking unit and that the helicopter <laughs> will come find you <laughs> But to the best of my knowledge, um, in the military, from what I understand, you know, they, they'll give you a phone call that, uh, like, hey, and not tell you, like, hey, we're going to t- take down Bin Laden. I, again, in the story, I don't, it's been years ago. I want to say, in the story, he did say something of the nature of, you know, that I think they said, might have told him it was for Bin Laden. From what I understand, uh, when that mission actually took place, like those people didn't really know until maybe like right before going that they were Bin Laden. I you know, I don't remember now. I've watched a lot of stuff on it, but I don't, I don't remember when exactly they were informed that they were taking Bin Laden down. But uh, they definitely didn't show up and pick these people up in a fucking helicopter in the middle of some fucking uh, hick town. Just like just show up. And well, you know, it's kind of a hick, but it's not not the worst of the worst. Anyway, <laughs> I dog Union a lot, but I've spent a lot of time there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, like the whole thing, just just absurd. Um, but uh, but yeah, he, I, I mean, it was clearly it was fun for the podcast because it was always, oh, really? Did that happen? And then just let him keep going and then building on the story. He was very good at the yes and. I feel like he would have done well in a uh, improv group because he could really yes and. You just like I I really enjoy that when people that I, I know they're full of shit is to just like see how far they're willing to go with the story. Like if like I want to see if they'll add to this story. <laughs> gotta let them go it's fun stuff it's fun stuff as long as you know that they're lying you know if you believe they're bullshit that's that's a whole that's a problem but uh yeah muffin man's never had like the kind of roommates that you know he's had issues you know with them maybe not paying the rent all the time and stuff and being slobs and everything but i don't recall there ever being <laughs> uh ever nearly as bad as the ones in this netflix show and uh you know i've had family members and stuff that have had roommates that were just terrible and uh jackman actually who i I lived with uh back in the slapbox bunker days when i lived there of course i lived there for over a decade we had had some good times there um before me he had actually uh rented out his house uh 
at one point because uh, he had a small apartment and he rented out his house and because uh, he was risking foreclosure. And then uh, this, I mean, this tenant was just horrid. She quit paying rent and just destroyed the place. From what I understand, um, left like used tampons around and stuff. I think she might have had like cats and everything too. I don't remember on the cats for sure, but I mean, there was trash everywhere. There was fucking used tampons and shit in there. I mean, it was fucking disgusting. And he had to get the courts involved to uh, get her out. And I think it was when he tried to evict her, it was either summer or winter and stuff. And they told him he had to wait a cert- quite a few months before. But it was a long process to get her out. She had, by that point, quit paying any kind of fucking rent. And uh, it, it becomes a fucking nightmare to get rid of these people. And uh, it's somewhat of kind of what's like in that Netflix show. But, I mean, they go, these people in that show, you, it's, I haven't watched every episode, but it appears that a lot of them end in murder. <laughs> and it's, it's not great. It's not great. And uh, I think it depends on what state you live in. But from what I understand, you know, there's, there's a lot of laws out there. Um, that help, like a, a a tenant, a roommate, what have you, even if they're not paying the rent. Like, you have to go through a lot to get these people out if they don't want to go out. Like, it is... It, this show will definitely make you go, you know what? You know what? I, maybe a third job is is what I need. <laughs> maybe I just need to go rob a bank instead of getting a roommate. Uh... But, uh, yeah, the, uh, there was like the one I'm on now, it's actually, uh, at least two parts, if not three parts, this guy's a real piece of shit. Um, and, uh, he, I think the story originates in like Pennsylvania or something like that. And the way at least is in Pennsylvania, I'm not sure what Missouri law is on any of the stuff. Um, but is soon as you get mail delivered to that address whether regardless if you've paid any rent whatsoever um it becomes hard as hell to evict somebody from there which it's not that difficult to uh, get mail delivered to a place. I feel like you wouldn't even have to actually live in a place. I don't know. It's been a while since I've had to change addresses. I don't remember it being that difficult. Do you have my mail sent somewhere else? Which, come to think of it, you know, I still get some uh, mail for other people here every once in a while. And probably people that, you know, lived here once upon a time, but probably many years ago at this point. I've, I'm going on a year and a half here, almost. Yeah, yeah, a year and a half, I guess. And so nobody else has lived here for, for a while. <laughs> And I've had like three or four different names show up in my mailbox. I don't know when they ever lived here, but I'm going to guess it was several years ago. And, uh, I, you know, even with that, would they be able to come in here? And then I don't, I don't know. Of course, you know, I guess it depends on Missouri's laws on all of that. Um, but apparently again, yeah, if you get mail delivered to an address that gives you, at least in Pennsylvania, (laughs) a lot of rights. And this particular guy 
which initially they tell you his name was Jed Creek. You find out it wasn't Jed Creek. It was Jed something or other. Bachman, I think. And uh, he is what they call a serial squatter. Um, which, uh, let's see here. Maybe if I just search Jed Creek, that'll be easier. Bachman. Uh, Jameson Bachman is his real name. Sorry, Jameson. Jed Creek was the name he used. Um, Jesus, here's a rough picture of him. All right. Ah, oh, fucking damn it. <laughs> got a website I got to actually pay a subscription for. That was the Inquirer. We don't need that. Here we go. Serial Squatter. Do, do, do. Yeah, he, he ends up killing, which it implies that in the show. I haven't finished the story on him. Um, here's what it says on Yahoo News. Uh, serial squatter terrorized dozens of roommates before carrying out a shocking 2017 murder. The story of Jameson Bachman begins with a man named Jed Creek, a prospective tenant who responded to a Craigslist ad about an apartment rental in Philadelphia. Jed described himself as a lawyer who wasn't currently practicing law when responding to Alex Miller, a Philadelphia woman seeking a roommate. Miller's nightmarish experience with Jed Creek would become a New York Magazine feature titled Worst Roommate Ever, the basis for the upcoming Netflix series of the same title, which it's it's there already. This article is from February. Shortly after the pair's first meeting, things moved quickly. Jed signed a check and moved in that very night. Despite Miller's repeated requests, Jed never filled out the application for a background check. Soon he moved in his cats, which Miller was allergic to, removed the light bulbs from the home, and began rearranging the furniture and hoarding the dining room chairs in his room. Bachman soon made it clear that he had no intentions of handing Miller any money. We agreed he would share the cost of uh, paying the bills, Miller says in the Netflix series. When he laughed at me, it was sinister. It was Alex Miller's mother who traced his phone number, revealing that Jed Creek was, in fact, a man named Jameson Bachman. He was a serial squatter who had terrorized roommates up and down the East Coast, says Miller, and he was living in my house. Uh, it turned out Bachman had enough of a law background and years worth of exploiting it to use tenancy law to his advantage. He was able to refuse to pay rent at a series of apartments that unsuspecting tenants let him move into. As chronicled in the series, Bachman had a pattern of weaseling his way into homes using various sob stories, an ailing mother, the girlfriend who kicked him out, a brother with financial problems. For several months, he'd appear to be a perfect housemate before he showed his true colors, like Cindy Lauper sang about. Um... <laughs> Bachman would steal furniture. He would clog his roommate's toilets with cat litter. Uh, which, By the way, you're not supposed to flush that stuff. That's not good for the water. Um, he seemed to want to make uh, life so unbearable for his roommates that he'd force them to leave their own homes. But Bachman's signature scam was refusing to pay rent and then refusing to leave. Cracks in the legal system made it virtually impossible for roommates to evict him from their homes. Uh... One such roommate was Arlene Herbidian. I'm probably uh, just destroying that name, the pronunciation, but anyway. Uh, Arlene in Queens, New York. Their arguments became physical, and they took out restraining orders against each other. In one instance, Bachman grabbed Arlene by the throat. For several years, uh, Herbidian, 
was essentially a prisoner in her own apartment. He would do the same to Alex Miller down the line. And I mean, there are several of them in the series. I'm not going to go. This is a long article. We don't need to go and finish. But you get the gist of it. I mean, the serial squatters is apparently a, a common thing. And it's just really difficult to get rid of people. And fuck, I'm glad I <laughs> I didn't go on Craigslist. When, uh, I'm glad I got a different job that paid more instead of like opting to go roommate route to keep the lights on at the penthouse here. As, man, that sounds like a horrid nightmare. Horrid nightmare just dealing with serial squatters, motherfuckers that won't leave. And that, you know, eventually shit gets bad enough, you know, where the law gets involved. And that uh, eventually you can, you know, get a serial squatter out via the law, but it's it's a battle. It's a real fucking battle. And a lot of the, he's not the only one in that series. It would seem that uh, many of them result to violence in the end. And, you know, you don't you don't want to die over a fucking roommate. Come on. It's uh, <laughs> something worthwhile, you know. But, uh, ooh, yeah, that's, that's a dark red. I'm just thinking about it. Like, ah, fuck, man. It's fucked up individuals there. It's a good watch, though. Good watch. Again, watch it if you want, you know, you maybe you want to rethink having a roommate. Just watch that series. And, of course, it, at least it'll give you an idea. Like, perhaps screening the roommate first is a good idea. I don't know. Get some... Uh, <laughs> talk to some people that know them. Actually go to where they're currently living. See how that is. And be like, hey, you know, how do you keep the place? And all. And, you know, people like that are going to lie. And they're going to give you, you know, all these stories and shit. But, And I would, you know, really... <sighs> background check is really important there you don't get a background check on a complete stranger then I would be really concerned about that I've never actually looked into getting a background check but fuck at least like case net them or something uh anyway yeah (laughs) that's some crazy shit um other than that uh Adam Jones I guess it's just a few days ago, I guess. Finally released the, uh, this, I believe it was just a few days ago, not since the last podcast. I know they had talked about it was going to be soon released, and it did seem like they were going to have the, the release of the Epiphone Les Paul Custom, like, for the Christmas season, and they did a few days ago, I guess. And, of course, I've got the Gibson Les Paul Standard, that is the cheaper Gibson model, not of the Adam Jones, that is. Not like the cheapest Gibson you'll ever see. The uh, cheapest, I think, is like the Studio, which you can get for, I want to say, around a grand, depending on which one. There's there's a couple of models that are on the cheaper. I know Studio is like one of the cheaper ones. <sighs> like, uh, I don't think they tend to have like the nitro cellulose finish. Maybe they do, but they, there's a lot of specs on there that are, are lower grade, especially for a Gibson. Anyway, there's no model like that for Adam Jones. You had uh, three custom shop models of Gibson that were released. You had, uh, of the original run, there was the aged and signed um, one that was 
fuck, I want to say like ten to fourteen thousand dollars initially. There was maybe a hundred of them made. I know there's a a pallet of them that got stolen at one point that they ended up remaking. And uh, then they had the VOS, I guess, version where it was aged, but it wasn't wasn't signed. Or no, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't aged. It was just a custom shop model. It was not aged. The aged and signed. That was the ridiculous one. Then there was the, uh, I guess it was VAOS or whatever. There was uh, that one was like six grand. Again, it was a custom shop model. So you had your Seymour Duncan pickups, the nitrocellulose finish, of course, on all the Gibson models of the Adam Jones. They're all nitrocellulose. But you had like his on those two custom shop models. They actually went to Seymour Duncan. And had the uh, woman, I don't recall her name, I believe it was a woman, um, that wound his pickup that he uses in his go-to actual 79 Les Paul from the New Orleans era there in uh, Gibson history there. And they had her wind. Well, she didn't work for Gibson. Of course, she worked for Seymour Duncan. <clears throat> but uh, the guitar... <laughs> um. Of course, that wasn't the stock pickup that was in that guitar. He uh, f- found he liked the Seymour Duncan DDJs, which I guess they made around the 80s or so. And uh, they went back to the the actual woman that, that wound his pickup that he uses in his main guitar, which I think is pretty fucking cool, that she wound the ones for the custom shop models. And so they're not fucking around. <laughs> for uh, accuracy and getting the the tone right with those pickups and the custom shop models. And uh, I think Seymour Duncan makes fantastic pickups. I've used several Seymour Duncans, and uh, I'd say I'm a fan. I, I like their, their, their pups, as it were. And, uh, of course, the uh, that was in the bridge that was a Seymour Duncan. In the uh, neck pickup, it's actually a a Gibson, I want to say custom bucker. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but Adam Jones rarely ever uses the neck pickup. So, I mean, the Seymour Duncan is the most important part there. And, uh, of course, they have the strap buttons, the uh, diamond posi-lock strap buttons that were, I guess, standard on custom shop uh, Les Pauls. Although. I don't know if they were considered custom shop. I don't think the custom shop was around there. It was just custom Les Paul custom. Anyway, I'm not sure on all the <laughs> all those details. I'm not that hardcore of a Gibson historian. Um, but the New Orleans era Les Pauls, I, a lot of them at least had those diamond posi lock strap buttons, which uh, are like diamond shape, and they help keep your guitar strap from coming off. Um, which a lot of people nowadays just get the strap locks, <clears throat> which are a little bit different than the uh, the buttons there. They add like a, a lock to the button sort of sort of thing. I don't know how to describe it quite right if you're unfamiliar. Um, but, of course, the custom shop, Gibson Custom Shop had the uh, diamond posi lock buttons on there as well. And, of course, the Seymour Duncan pickup. Now, when the standard came out, Still a nitrocellulose finish. That's You're going to get that, I believe, on all Les Paul standards. And uh, it still had real mother-of-pearl inlays, which, from what I understand, I don't think 
standards typically do. Um, this particular one still uh, does the, does have the real mother of pearl, which I don't think on the fretboard it makes that noticeable a difference, but I feel like in the headstock where the Gibson logo is, I think that you can really tell in the headstock. Maybe it's just the nitrocellulose lacquer over it. I mean, it probably is because it's that real. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's kind of muted on the fretboard. It's just kind of... But, uh, I mean, I can t- I think I can tell the difference. I don't think the Mother of Pearl's, like, that big of a selling point for me, having the real stuff, um, unless I'm going to buy, like, a real, you know, pretty guitar. It's got a lot of inlays. Um, however, of course, yeah. So the big changes from the custom shop to the standard. No, you don't get the diamond posi lock strap buttons. Those aren't there. They did away with the Seymour Duncan pickup, which I was very saddened about. Um, but they had they went with the Gibson. It made a special pickup for the Adam Jones Les Paul standard. It's the I want to say the Gibson distortion pickup. I don't, I'm like gonna have to search that one. Um. Anyway, it's not. It is of course not the. Ah uh, oh man, my guitar is just not holding value anymore. I could have gotten it for a lot cheaper. There's going up on sale for almost a thousand dollars less. Anyway, the uh, specs here. Do do do. Why am I not seeing the pickups here? The uh, damn it! These motherfuckers are not giving me full. <coughs> Yeah, so they they went with the Gibson house pickup here. They're trying to find here we go. <clears throat> DC high gain humbucker. That's what they call it. Yeah, uh, which I gotta say I I like the pickup. It sounds good. I feel I can get Adam Jones tone with that plus my VH4 diesel pedal, uh, diesel VH4 pedal. Um, I love the guitar. Uh. And, oh, there's another s- small thing that they took off from there. They don't have the uh, the pointers on your volume and tone knobs. They've got the little metal pointers, which I did just order a, a version of those for uh, like 25 bucks on Sweetwater. And, of course, I did order I did order the PosiLock strap buttons last night for $95. I'm not happy about that price, but... For whatever reason, no one makes, or at least Gibson doesn't make, the exact ones that they did from the 70s back then. Um, they don't sell those anymore. Um, they made them for the custom shop model and put them on there, but the standard, they do not have those on there. And, of course, another big thing that they changed is the artwork on the back of the headstocks a little different on this one, as well as the silver burst does not go to the backside of the guitar, unlike on the custom shop. That brings me to, I guess, the bigger news here, is that, of course, with them releasing the Epiphone model now, the Epiphone Custom, is that, I mean, it is... It has, like, everything 
that the custom shop Gibson has for the most part. The big difference between the Gibson and the Epiphone, obviously the Epiphones are made in China. That is a huge deal. You know, that is uh, the labor is going to be a lot cheaper. Um, and it doesn't have the nitrocellulose lacquer. And before buying this Gibson Les Paul standard here, um, I had no experience with the nitrocellulose lacquer. I got to say, I like the feel of it. I like the feel of it, even though it's like <laughs> you ding it up real easy. I mean, it is a delicate finish, shall we, shall we say. Um, and you got to be careful with it. But although, you know, you get some cool looking shit going on whenever you uh, have the wear and tear on it. It gets that nice aged look real easy. With the polyurethane, which most of your cheap guitars like the Epiphones that are, which there are a few Epiphones that they still make in the USA that go for thousands. And I think they probably use nitro on those. Don't quote me on that. Um, but, uh, all your like Epiphones and your Squires, like your Fender Squires, like the cheaper, the cheaper guitars are going to have polyurethane because it's, it's a cheaper finish to begin with. And it's not as labor intensive. So that's, Probably the key difference there between the Epiphone model and the, like the Gibson Custom Shop, made in China, and you get the polyurethane finish. However, I mean they still, I mean they still have the Seymour Duncan DDJ. I'm sure that it's not, probably not the same woman that wound them. Uh, Adam Jones' original pickup, maybe I don't know. They haven't said it, so I'm guessing probably not. Uh, they probably just had a big run, did a big run for these at Seymour Duncan put in like one massive order for it. Uh, and they have the silver burst all the way around the guitar. Uh, and of course, I guess another big difference between that and the Gibson custom shop model is the fact that there's no Gibson headstock. You don't have the name up there. The pretty prettiness. <laughs> it's an Epiphone headstock. And I don't think it has real mother of pearl. Don't quote me on that either. I'm thinking it doesn't, but it has orange drop capacitors in it for the wiring, so it seems like the wiring's solid. Um, the uh, br- 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 neck pickup is a Epiphone, like Burst Bucker or something of that nature. I'm not sure what exactly they call it, but I mean, it's an Epiphone one. But again, Adam Jones really doesn't really fucking use the neck pickup. He's like j- primarily just straight up uses that uh, bridge pickup. And then to uh, get his less gain tones, he just rolls back the volume with his volume pedal. Anyway, and then here's the kicker of this. If you're just not that into Adam Jones or or you just haven't been paying attention to the drops about these guitars, holy fucking shit, the first seven guitars of the Epiphone launch, there's seven different types. They all have a special artist involved. So there's eight of these first 700 or seven different ones, um, which tools all about the number seven, which uh, that's, that's my, my, my go-to number as well. So I can understand it. Um, <laughs> they have, uh, they have put a unique art picture on the back of these guitars. And, uh, 
this they're releasing them one at a time. I don't know what the release date's going to be. I don't think they've announced just what uh, when they're going to release the other ones. But holy shit, like I was not planning on wanting one of these Epiphones. Um, but holy shit, seeing the art on the back of this, it looks amazing and it goes so well with that silver burst, the antique silver burst. This first one they launched, which sold out in two days. I think it took officially more than a day, but it sold out with basically in within a day. Um, a fucking Epiphone model selling out that quickly is fucking insane. Of course, it was only, there's only 800 of them, and people have been waiting for this thing for years now. Uh, the custom shop model he announced he had a deal with Gibson back in 2020, some point, because I I follow him on Instagram, and I saw when he first posted that uh, he teased that he had a Gibson custom shop model because they had the pictures in the factory with the Adam Jones written on one of the bodies. I was like, holy shit, that Adam Jones custom, like that's fucking amazing. I had, I think I had already bought the Tom Morello signature Strat and I was like, oh, I would, was really getting back into guitar at the time. Well, I when Chris Cornell died, that's when I really started kind of playing guitar again after not playing much in years. And then I was playing acoustic guitar when uh, Cornell died. I got an Epiphone Dove Pro, and then uh, which I still enjoy that one. I haven't been playing it so much, but I really started to get back into playing electric whenever I found out Morello had that signature Strat, and I just really dug it. I I always wanted to get a guitar with a kill switch, even though as long as you have like a Les Paul or something that has a three-way selector switch, you can always just drop the volume on one of the pickups and then just switch back and forth to that pickup to create a kill switch. I mean, it's not complicated or just pay someone to put a kill switch in your guitar. It's not that expensive of a modification or you could attempt to drill into the body yourself. Either way, like I saw it and I was like, holy shit. Uh, I've, I've pretty much, you know, through playing guitar, I've always been more gravitated more towards Stratocasters. Um, always wanted to have like a really nice Les Paul but uh, I just got the uh, Epiphone one a long time ago uh, Les Paul custom as were um, F shape holes the semi hollow body and uh, but the wiring was always kind of fucked up and it had cheap wiring um, and, and I had issues with it I'd get it fixed I did like a <laughs> I went through a few periods and then like when it was working I, I'd play it a bunch and stuff, but uh, it was kind of a hassle. I should have originally just replaced the wiring. I had replaced the pickups earlier on, but then it didn't help so much because the wiring was just, it was just cheap. Uh, it was a uh, made in Korea. Um, Epiphone, I believe, is from what I understand, their quality these days is a lot higher. I mean, that uh, the Dove Pro is really nice that I got. Um, but again, it's an acoustic guitar. There's, you know, world of difference between that and an electric guitar, although it does have a pickup in it. Um, <clears throat> and I never really fucking use the pickup. <laughs> uh, it's got a Fishman pickup. Anyway, back to the Adam Jones Epiphone. From what I understand, the quality on these are, are pretty solid from uh, the people I've heard talk about the ones that they've received. 
And the artwork on the back of this is just fucking amazing. The first one that they've released is uh, by Mark Ryden. It's uh, his piece called The Veil of Bees, and it's this little girl that's got bees for hair, and it just looks fucking fantastic with that fucking aged silver burst, and those bees just look awesome. Those fucking bees are awesome. Um, from what I uh, see here, let's read it off of... Uh, what Epiphone has to say about it on their official website. Uh, says, featuring artwork selected by Adam Jones. The Epiphone Adam Jones art collection consists of seven Silver Burst Les Paul custom models, each featuring reproductions of different work uh, works of fine art on the back Adam curated the featured artwork and additional artwork designed by artist Corn Fout who his is his wife um she's a great artist by the way uh she does like realistic paintings of people I believe generally that's what she does um but uh, anyway it adorns the back of the headstock of each model the her design which it's just some text and then, like cal- calligraphy text I it looks like it's I don't I guess it's not really it looks like it's letters but it's not really letters I mean, it looks kind of cool but whatever um <coughs> the uh that's on the back of the headstock the thing she designed then uh five distinguished artists are featured in the collection and only 800 guitars of each model we will be produced this unprecedented limited edition collection brings Adam's love of art and music together. This model from the Adam Jones Les Paul custom art collection features Mark Ryden's Veil of Bees on the back. It is also an exceptional instrument for your next musical masterpiece. It has a bound mahogany body with maple cap and a three-piece bound maple neck with uh, an Adam Jones custom profile and an ebony fretboard. It is equipped with a reverse-mounted Epiphone Pro Bucker custom humbucker in the neck position and Seymour Duncan distortion in the bridge. Both are wired to CTS potentiometers in orange drop capacitors. A marquee backplate with the artist's name and the name of the artwork is also included, finished in antique Silverburst as an homage to Adam's beloved original Silverburst 1979 Gibson Les Paul custom protector hard shell cases included it's the uh what do they call it uh fucking saw <sighs> chainsaw case that's what yeah the cha- classic chainsaw case which i believe is what the original 79s came in um i'm not crazy about the look of it but i mean those things are pretty heavy duty uh, if you're a traveling musician i would imagine this would be a nice case to have cuz it will fuck some shit up but going back to the stuff that it shares with the uh, custom shop uh, Gibson model is, man, it does have those posi lock, diamond posi lock strap buttons that, again, I paid $95 for on eBay yesterday. The seller seems legit, though. I had actually had a bit of a conversation with him as he messaged me, like, immediately after I ordered it. And like, thank me for the order and stuff. Which, from my understand, like, it's common to pay like ninety five hundred bucks or more when they come available. And these were original uh, ones from the factory. Of t- to my understanding, 
And uh, from the uh, Kalamazoo plant, I believe is where that was made. <clears throat> and uh, I, I've got those coming to me anyway. Epiphone has had made some for these guitars, and I'm sure it didn't cost them $95, especially for the Epiphone ones. Again, they don't have those to just buy. Bastards. Um, but again, I guess that's what you know makes the, these guitars so unique is having that on there. And uh, they have that. They have the, the Silver Burst all the way around the fucking guitar. They have the fucking Seymour Duncan pickup. They have the pointers on the speed knobs, which again I ordered those for twenty five dollars. Not, not too bad, on that, and uh, it does help you realize where you're at with the uh, the volume or tone. Um, not that I really need that. I mean, I can tell. I just tell by the sound, like whether it's breaking up. Because if you want a lot of distortion. On a guitar, you just roll the volume all the way up. Then, bam, you know, it starts really breaking apart on you. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, to clean it up, you just roll the volume off. You just you can tell by tone as you're playing. Anyway, I got the pointers. <laughs> I was like, if I'm going to get the p- the buttons, I might as well get the damn pointers. Um, but, God damn, this art. Like, I had no intention of wanting to buy one of these fucking Epiphones. And then he, he, Adam Jones, he's just like, he wants me to go broke. He wants me to lose the penthouse. He's like, you know what? I think Josh needs more incentive to buy more of my guitars after owning a a, a $3,000 one on the Gibson model. And unfortunately, it appears that it has hurt my resale value on my guitar. Not that I, I care because I don't ever intend on selling this thing. But... They're selling on the used market for like 2000 2500 now for those Les Paul standards. But, of course, the Les Paul standard is a big production run from what I understand. They're going to produce thousands of these things. It's just they've had supply issues. Um, that being said, of course, these as soon as these Epiphones, I feel like my, the pro- resale value will go back up on mine once it's been a few years. <laughs> Had uh, Epiphones released all their their models, but man, yeah, that. I wonder if the custom shop Gibson has gone down now. I am going to look that up. Let's go to Reverb, and uh, which I've not bought any gear on Reverb. I I I've looked at a lot of stuff on Reverb, but I mean, I like the idea of having a nice online place where I can. Find good deals on used equipment, but uh, I have not taken advantage of reverb yet. <laughs> anyway, um, here we go. Gibson Custom Shop. They know what I'm looking for. Let's see what the prices are on the uh, OG. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, wow. They've dropped a lot. Like, they were asking a fuck ton. Here's a... Uh, Oh, this one isn't even aged and signed. It's the VOS. Which, again, initially these guitars went for $6,000. This is just what this... You know, some of these sellers get fucking ridiculous with price gouging. Um, It initially sold for $6,000. So you're still making bank if you bought this for $6,000 if you sold it for this. Originally, it, this is used, excellent condition. Um... <clears throat> 
Oh, I did forget to mention, also, originally, <laughs> the artwork on the back of the headstock was different on the Custom Shop Milo, and it had the Schaller tuners, which I don't have that. I have just a Gibson version of Schaller tuners. I think Grover makes them, but it, I don't believe it actually has any markings on it. Um, <clears throat> And uh, it, the case for the Custom Shop model was the burst, silver-bursted case that says Adam Jones 1979, which are fucking cool-ass cases. Um. The paint, though, from what I understand, was coming off real easy on those and not great. Uh, but uh, this person, Benjamin's Gear Garage, is was selling this Gibson Custom Shop model. Again, $6,000 is what they wanted for this initially. They were selling it originally on here, list price of $25,000. <laughs> I guess no one was dumb enough to pay that much for it, thankfully. Now they have it listed at 10500 which they did go with two, a version 2 on that. Jesus, man, this is... Aged and signed, they're selling for twenty five grand, um, which I would make sense, I guess, for they having the signed and aged. Aged guitars go for a fuck ton, man. Uh, oh, this is the v, V2 right here. Um, that one's selling for seventeen thousand something, and I want to say, I want to say those came out for six grand as well. Like fuck me, man. Um, which they they did some different aging. Well, those are aged, the version two, and they did some different aging techniques on those. Man, they're definitely not cheap. Holy fuck. There's somebody just selling the hard shell case for fucking $449. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Originally, like, Gibson, I guess they didn't release that many of but you could buy the uh, case for, like, $400 or something initially. But then, I guess, of course, they did some kind of, like, low... It was a low volume they made of those, I guess, to sell as extras. I guess they must have made more cases than they did guitars. I don't know why they did that, but I guess it was a cheap way for them to make money. Anyway, yeah, these things are going for a lot of money still, but I'm, they've seen some of a price drop. I mean, these prices went through the fucking roof. Still way too much money for me to be buying them. Um, it'd be cool to have the Gibson Custom Shop model, but it's not that fucking cool. <laughs> Uh, let's, the other day, they were already, as soon as these things went up for sale, you had a lot of dealers and stuff buy these motherfuckers just to, uh, resell them, which is an unfortunate thing that happens with new guitars all the fucking time when they're highly sought after before release, when there's any bit, I think that goes with any product anywhere, because, like, online sales are... Uh, with the reselling shops like this online, just it's it's a big business for people. Like they buy, they sit on these deals. They contact the distributors and put an order in like way before they ever release these things. So they get them immediately, and then they um, sell them, turn around and sell them immediately for a way marked up price. Now the uh, again the current. Epiphone models that are coming out. There are seven of them with the art on the back. Eventually, they're going to have other Epiphones that come out that don't have the art on the back. Which I would imagine that 
those guitars right now, they're selling for $1,300. What, uh, well, they already sold for $1,300. Um, I would imagine there'd be a slight price drop in the ones that don't have the art uh, that are going to be the big production model for the Epiphone models. Um, of course, the uh, ones on Reverb that they're selling for immediately, some people had them listed as high as like $4,000. Again, an Epiphone being sold at at retail for 1300 immediately went on Reverb and sold for, or well, we're trying to sell for $4,000. It appears no one bought that. And then the one says that they had listed that, and they dropped it to 2000 They're still making $700 off it. Like, fuck you. I love how they all say used mint. or u- <laughs> It goddamn well better be mint. You've had it for a couple of days, you fucking assholes. Uh, hopefully you didn't drop it down a flight of stairs. Jesus. Um, but man, oh, the artwork's just so amazing. And unfortunately, they they have the other artists listed. Uh, that are going to be in the series. Um, Corin Fout again, his wife. She's doing the art on one of them. Mark Ryden. There's five different artists, and so I'm guessing you're gonna get. Uh, one or two of them that do d- repeats. Although I'm wondering if Adam, because it does say seven, and maybe Adam did the art of one. That would be fucking solid. I'd love to have one that Adam Jones did some art on. He himself is is an artist. Um, unfortunately, Alex Gray is not one of the artists that uh, that they had said. We'll uh, do it. This Here's a thing on which of the artists. Uh, the unprecedented collection. Adam curated works by artists Mark Ryden, Frank Frazetta, Julie Heffernan, Corin Fout, and Ernst Fuchs. Um, you get like a kind of a tease of the art, and you can only make out for certain the uh, Mark Ryden one, of course. Of course, you're going to see that. And then there's the Berserker, which has already been... I, I've seen people say, I mean, you can tell it's the Berserker, the painting, the Berserker by, uh, I believe that's the Frank Frazetta one. And uh, it's a, a, I think it was made in the 80s. It's kind of cool. Um, I wish I knew what the other ones look like, you know? Um, or it would be really sweet if they had album artwork from, like, say, fucking Enema or something on the back of one of them. Like, fucking... I I really don't want to get another. <laughs> I don't feel that I need to get another Epiphone bottle of the guitar, basically that I have. However, having this artwork on the back, I mean, it's it mentally, he's 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 turned me into really wanting one of these fucking things. Damn you, Adam Jones! Damn you, man! Um, <laughs> I love you, but at the same time, you're how much more money? can you take of mine i mean i just bought some some vinyl i talked about last week i got some tool vinyl and uh i got i did get a record player and i've got lateralis and opiate now i've been to what four or five tool concerts i don't know i've lost track you know i i haven't bought a whole lot of tool merch but you know i've bought their albums i've gone to the concerts i've now spent a bunch of money on a guitar 
And uh, I, I, he still finds a way to get more money out of me. This is uh, a, <laughs> uh, it, it's, but I, I still love it. I still love the, uh, the stuff. And uh, fuck, man. I'm probably going to end up at some point getting one of these fucking Epiphones. <laughs> I wish I knew at least when they would release the other ones. The Veil of Bees looks amazing. And I know I definitely can't, you know, maybe I could eventually afford to buy one of these Epiphones, but I definitely couldn't buy all seven. And uh, I... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that would be way too much money at thirteen hundred. Even if I bought them at thirteen hundred, which I'm already if I buy this on Reverb, I'm gonna pay close to two thousand dollars for that because that's about the going rate between eighteen to nineteen hundred to two. Basically, you're gonna pay two thousand dollars as of right now for the Veil of Bees, Adam Jones, which sucks to pay that much for a fucking Epiphone. <laughs> God damn it. It looks amazing. It's got the fucking Seymour Duncan in it. Holy shit. They spec this thing out, yo. Yo, yo. They spec this shit out. Yeah, science, bitch. Um, I don't know why I went to Aaron Paul. Just kind of... <laughs> I said yo, and then maybe turn into fucking uh, Jesse Pinkman. Um, as far as I know, he wasn't a Tool fan, but perhaps. Perhaps. I feel like he's more of a hip-hop guy. He's uh, I don't know what Pinkman's going into. He's more of a meth guy. He's a crystal blue guy. <laughs> uh, I want to see no. I mean, God, the worst part, like they won't even say when they're releasing these other ones. Hmm. What are dates? Plural. Uh. <clears throat> Yeah, no one's got. I wish they would say when these other fucking versions are coming out, but that's part of the thing, man. They fucking you don't know. Like knowing there's seven different ones, and what if I d- don't want the art on the next one, but I ordered the fucking next one? You know. <laughs> I guess I got to be ready to buy as soon as these. That's like ridiculous. Don't they have like eight hundred of the you motherfuckers? That's a bitch. <laughs> Again, the with the custom shop bottle coming out years ago now, because I, I believe that came out in 2020 or 2021 that hit. Um, and uh, like er, it might have been early 2021 whenever they finally released him, but he announced it back in like 2020, like teased that shit. And the normal people, the Normans, uh, like myself <laughs> that don't have um, massive wealth uh, you know there's knowing full well cannot afford a Gibson custom shop model for like 6 to 20 grand whatever the fuck you're going to pay for it that's just absurd to pay for a guitar if you are normal even middle class you know, you don't even have to be poor. I mean, fucking middle class. I mean, you got to be rich to be able to afford that kind of... You got to have some money or just, you know, have a lot of guitars you can trade. I don't know. There's... There's... uh, That's got to be, like, your only priority 
is in life is like I gotta have this fucking guitar. I mean, I have really good credit. That's why I was able to get the standard shop. I got it for, with the fucking credit card. Um, which I guess I could have done that with a custom shop model, but then I'd be paying on that for the next twenty years. That is a lot of fucking money. Uh, <clears throat> which that that thankfully seemed way too absurd for me. But because of that, most people not being able to afford that, and the fact that there's millions of Tool fans in this world, there's, I don't know what the percentage of that, of them play guitar, but it's, from what I understand, quite a few of them. There are a lot of Tool fans that play guitar. A lot of guitarists are Tool fans. Um, that being said, as soon as the shit was released, there was a lot of people wanting that fucking Adam Jones, Les Paul. Lot, lot of people. And uh, <laughs> the big thing that everybody was saying was like, man, just show, tell me when the Epiphone model is released. And then, then they do this. <laughs> and release like scarcity of these Epiphone models. I mean, it's genius marketing. I know that Tool is, uh, I believe all of them are, if not just a couple. I'm pretty sure like all the members were big Kiss fans. Maybe not Justin, I'm not sure, but I know that like Maynard and I'm pretty sure Adam is like fans of, of Kiss. And Kiss are famous <laughs> for selling out big time. I mean they have they've merched and ridiculous their merch is fucking insane. They've put their name on a ridiculous amount of products. Um they even have a restaurant. I think they're in the same Louis area. Let's see here. Let's crazy kiss merchandise. Um, yeah, this is off. Ranker.com. Most ridiculous official kiss merch. Gene Simmons actually signed off on. Which I believe he is the big one of the big contributors there. <laughs> oh yeah, kiss is something else. Okay, uh, number one on the uh, the list here. They have a a clear bag, clear bag, and then there's a a kiss label at the top here. It says Kiss Air Guitar Strings. <laughs> uh, it says here Kiss provided fans with air guitar strings, more or less empty plastic bags with the band's branding for four dollars. <laughs> pack how many people bought that i want to know that's what i want to know kiss air guitar strings went on the market in 2017 in las vegas reported selling by the tens of thousands at the kiss monster mini golf attraction at the rio all suite hotel and casino well i guess you know if it's doing it for an event um but jesus man seriously <laughs> you're selling a plastic bag <laughs> Kiss casket. This thing is man. It is all over this fucking thing. You got to be a hardcore Kiss fan. You know what? I want a fucking Kiss casket. Um, it says here when it first became available in two thousand one, a Kiss casket would run you about three thousand three hundred dollars. So roughly the price of what I paid for my guitar or paying. Um, according to Gene Simmons, I love living, but this makes the alternative look pretty damn good. The casket features a laminated photo mural complete with several images of KISS members. When a second version was introduced in 2011, the price went up to four grand. 
Although an autographed version costs closer to 4700 Why the fuck would you worry about an autograph while there? You're just putting the person in the ground. <laughs> uh, and uh, the coffin was... Let's see. Did you... The coffin was also touted as a cooler, waterproof, and ideal for serving soft drinks and beer alike. As the story goes, Dimebag Daryl Abbott from the band Pantera was laid to rest in a kiss casket after his tragic onstage passing in 04. Simmons reportedly uh, gave his own limited edition, edition casket to the family. Well, that's nice of him, at least. Um, oh, this is... <laughs> Kiss-themed Hello Kitty toilet paper. <laughs> Uh, Kiss joined forces with Hello Kitty in 2011, setting the stage for Hello Kitty-themed Kiss products, or depending on your perspective, Kiss-themed Hello Kitty items. Either way, the following year saw the introduction of a toilet paper that brought Kiss and Hello Kitty together to do, well, what toilet paper does. I don't know why. Again, this is just... This, I'm pretty sure, is why Tool is just selling all kinds of shit now. I mean, their website's getting crazy. They've got all kinds of different stuff. It's not Kiss bad yet, but, I mean, they, they marked it their shit just like Kiss does because Kiss started with the Kiss Army and Tool has the Tool Army. Um, number four, again with Kiss, though. Number four, Kiss Super Spicy Chili Tomato Meat Beans. Um, <laughs> I would prefer... I'm glad Tool hasn't gone this far yet. <laughs> Uh, sold in Japan, Kiss's super spicy chili tomato meat beads hit convenience store and shelves in 2013, returning in in 2015. Touted as hotter than hell. A reference to the Kiss album of the same day. The buns were black on the outside and hot and spicy on the inside. And uh, like the band, they have impact. Uh, only 300,000 buns were made in large part because their availability accompanied Kiss tour dates in the country. The buns were complete with the KISS logo on the top and wrapped in one of five collectible KISS wrappers. Um, KISS condoms? And it's got the... F- <laughs> it says tongue lubricated. Three red latex condoms with just a big-ass picture of Gene Simmons on the front of that fucker with his tongue hanging out. Like, yeah, yeah. But the... So I, it, it's almost like you're wanting Gene Simmons to lick your dick. Is, is, I, I don't understand. I'm <laughs> just tongue lubricated. Did he did he lick every condom? What does that mean? Tongue lubricated. Does did did Gene Simmons lick all these condoms before putting them in there? I'm not sure. Let's read the synopsis here. Kiss condoms released in 2002 and 03 with the first tongue lubricated condoms featuring Gene Simmons on the packaging. The Rockin' Rubbers. <laughs> were red and as advertised lubricated it's funny they're red um which kind of makes it cool have the red condom. anyway two other types of condoms called studded paul and love gun protection soon followed paul stanley graced the packaging for the studded paul with all the band members appearing on the packaging for the love gun protection product the latter were extra strength latex while the former were true to their name and studded. Uh, there was an Archie meets Kiss comic run. That one's not that crazy. Uh, you know, I don't think I need to read the explanation of that. Uh, and there's Kiss His and Hers body product or beauty products. Yeah, I don't, I don't need, need that. Ooh, this one's kind of nice. 
they had a kiss, scratch, and win lottery tickets. Um, and uh, what are, what are the prizes here? I don't know what the prize top prize fifty thousand dollars. I figured there'd be some kind of like kiss meeting or something. You get to meet Gene Simmons, have him lick your condom. I'm not sure. <laughs> kiss capitalized on the lottery twice in 2010. The New Mexico Lottery put out three different Kiss scratchers, items that garnered international attention, according to uh, Linda Hamlin of the New Mexico Lottery at the time. Players. From all over the world are calling us and asking if they could buy this ticket. And, of course, you can only buy this ticket if you're in New Mexico. The tickets were $5 each. That's crazy. That that. Uh, in conjunction with the 40th anniversary of Kiss's Monster album, the Texas Lottery issued official scratch-off lottery tickets in 2013. Potential prizes included a night with the band in L.A., cash prizes, uh, cash awards, and autograph memorabilia. Tickets included two different designs and cost $2 each. I can see how those, like if you could meet the band and stuff, if that's one of the prizes, why people would be calling. Um, oh, God. Kiss, kiss Crunch Cereal. All of a sudden, my voice kind of got like Gene Simmons. I was clearing my throat. Uh, yeah, I can't do it on purpose. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the things here, they had Kiss Finger Puppets they, in the as the prize in the cereal. They glow in the dark. It's kind of creepy looking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then there's, of course, alcohol. Of course they've done that. The Kiss Destroyer beer and Zin Fire wine. They, they don't seem like a wine band to me. I don't picture myself picking up a Pinot Noir <laughs> and uh, rocking out to some Kiss. I love protection, you know? I don't see that as a thing. Um, as it were, though, apparently that's the thing. There's a kiss, fleece, cozy, snuggy. No shocker there. Kiss cornhole. <laughs> Just a cornhole thing with kiss on it. But yeah, there was, they've had some, I mean, they will put their name on fucking anything. And of course, again, Tool, they're fans of, of kiss. So they, they've learned from the best, I guess, but at least they haven't gone full kiss yet. I'm. At least, I mean, I want to buy the guitars, you know? I enjoy the guitar. I enjoy playing the guitar. I'm not going to buy a fucking tool toilet paper. Tool <laughs> Hello Kitty toilet paper. What the fuck? I'm very particular about my toilet paper, too, you know? Uh, you know, only thing I can imagine would be kind of cool with is if you're going to go, like, TP for a friend's house. At least you could, even if they were maybe a fan of <laughs> Hello Kitty or Tool or whatever. Here you go. <laughs> kind of fuck with them a little bit. But, uh... I wouldn't want to wipe my ass with something I had to pay extra money for, you know? I I like, you know, I might pay a little extra money if it's softer, if it's just got that right feel. But having a special picture on it, yeah, I don't I don't uh, need to do that. It's not something I feel I I need to need to do. Um and uh Yeah, I guess that's that's about all I've got is uh that's <laughs> Watch out getting a roommate. And uh, look out for those guitars. You want an Adam Jones guitar. I mean, I don't know what the other... Uh, I wish I could see what the other art looked like. I looked up these other artists that I was unfamiliar with. I knew Corn Fout. I, I am interested to see what her design is. I feel like it might be a picture of Adam, which would be super cool if she did one of Adam. And uh, 
that would be salad. Veil of Bees, I think, looks fucking amazing. Um, it's just a beautiful piece of art. And thankfully, it is a polyurethane finish on that Epiphone, which means that art's going to hold up for a long time. Uh, you're really going to have to fuck that guitar up to screw up that art. Um, I feel like, though, I, I since they didn't mention, since they only said five artists, though, I'm thinking Adam might put his own design on one of the back of those, which would be super cool. Or just have... Maybe they didn't mention it because it's just artwork off one of the albums. Although if it was an Alex Gray piece, they would have, I would imagine, listed his name. I'm so, so surprised, though. Alex Gray's name's not on there. I would love to have one of his guitars with an Alex Gray piece on there. I think that is... That's just... Uh, I feel like, man, they're going to have a real... That last seventh one is going to be a real special one. Real fucking special one. Um, <clears throat> which maybe the the Veil of Bees will go down once those other ones are released on Reverb. It's it's interesting though. It's like oh fuck, I I've got some real theories on what this other art is. The I mean I looking at the uh, the Frank Rosetta. I know what that one is. It's the Berserker, which is kind of a cool painting. I don't think I'd really want that on a guitar, but I don't I don't know that it's necessarily going to look as good on the age silver burst as that veil of bees does. But like looking at this picture, I can't make anything out of it. I maybe if I save this image um to the desktop and s- try to zoom in a little bit here just to open that shit up. Uh put it over here, maximize this shit and let's zoom in and that's not helping me at all. I <laughs> It's just blurred on the other images. You can make out because I I'd heard rumors that it was the Berserker. I can tell the Berserker is on the one to the left over here. But these other ones, the one, man, it almost looks like the cover of Enema. But, I mean, I don't think so. It's It's hard to say. And looking at the other artists, like, I'm not real crazy about, like, the, the paintings I've seen. But again, I'm sure they worked with them to uh the Berserker has been around for a while. I don't know about the Veil of Bees. I I saw a lot of his Mark Ryden's art online and a lot of it looks like this, but I didn't see the Veil of Bees anywhere. I don't know, maybe he painted specifically for this. I don't know much about any of these artists than maybe Corn Fout because that, you know, he's married to her. And uh I follow him on Instagram, so <laughs> I'm kind of aware when she has a showing and stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, looking at the art of the other ones, I I feel like the those other two because if there's five artists, you know, you got to have a repeat or it's going to be like an Adam Jones or something. I feel like those, especially any of those last two are going to be real special ones. And this first one looks amazing, but it's like hard to imagine it getting much better than that. It's just the colors and everything go so well with that fucking burst. And uh, this is the result of me not going out anymore and doing much, <laughs> not having a life outside of my my house and work. It's just like, oh, holy fuck! I spend too much time online. I'm like, yeah, all right. I w- I want some more debt. We'll just throw this on a credit card. But thankfully, I did not do that with the Epiphone. Who knows? There's six more models that come out of this fucker, of the art version, 
and uh, hopefully I can hold out. <laughs> At least maybe pay off the Gibson one before I make any silly decisions on buying an Epiphone model. Um, that being said, uh, yeah, that's that's really all I've got. And uh, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can. <laughs>